Hi, everyone. This is Kiawana from One Shot Firearms Academy, and you are listening to Costly Conversations. What is going on? And welcome to Costly Conversations. I'm super excited because we have Kiwana Phillips with us today. She is kind of your your do-it-all Superman type woman. She's got like four jobs outside of her day job. She's got like four businesses that she runs. She has a, a job currently serving the nation's military. Thank you so much for that. And she's a mother, uh, a wife, and you know, whatever else she she decides to share with us tonight. So definitely want to say thank you for her to um, jumping on the, the on, jumping on costly conversations with us tonight. My name is Aaron, your host. You can find me everywhere at Armed Atlas, Armed underscore Atlas, or some variation of those things. Let's hop right into it, and later on, I'll tell you about the people who are supporting the show. Kiawana, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for for coming on the show, accepting the invitation. It's a long time coming. And um, I'm glad to have you on. Of course, of course. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, with a little intro, we let everybody know that you do like a billion and six things. I'm not entirely sure how you how you pulled it off. Um, most people have a hard time with a day job. Um, and uh, I actually put out a little video before we got started saying like, hey, guys, you know, if you guys want to ask some questions, now's the time. I'll give you guys a little shout out. And I'll ask those questions specifically and shout those people out. But basically, the, the, the big one was like, how do you do it? Ooh, uh, with calendars and lists. Okay. So <laughs> we, we, will get, we will get maybe into some of that nitty gritty. But I suppose mm -hmm. I'll give you a chance to kind of talk about yourself for a little bit, if that's okay. Oh, so you don't put me on. Who are you? Like, like what, what are you doing? Like, one shot academy. What is Kiwana? Um, doing let's see. Okay, so I am Kiwana Unique Phillips, born and raised in Sumter, South Carolina. Um, I am a sergeant major in the United States Army. I'm active duty, and uh, besides that, when I'm not in uniform, I founded and own One Shot Firearms Academy a few years ago. Um, I moved. I started my academy in Arizona. Then I moved it to Texas, and then now uh, our new home is North Carolina in the Rayford Fayetteville area. Um, I'm a wife and mom of two boys and four dogs. Uh, what else? I have a a travel agency, and it's called Prepare Place Vacation. So I'm a, a personal travel agent. Um, I also blog, so it's a busy life where you can find my recipes, fitness, um, a lot of different things on there. And I'm also a board director for uh, my son's Mobius Syndrome uh, Foundation. So he has, my oldest son, he has paralysis of the face. It's called Mobius Syndrome. And I'm a board director for uh, that foundation. It's a nonprofit organization. So besides that, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to add to the list. <laughs> Wow. I mean, that's, that's a crazy list. Like, think about that for like five seconds. Like I said, most people struggle with the day job and maybe going to the gym if they do that, you know, 
they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know how I can find time to catch up with my shows. Do you have <laughs> shows? Like, do you even, do you watch TV? <laughs> I do watch TV. Uh, maybe not so much on the weekday because I'm just um, so busy. And when I'm not at work, um, you know, as soon as I come home, it's, it's the kids and and my family. But on the weekends, I do binge watch. I was just watching uh, this show on Netflix called Alone. I'm into like uh, like survival history channel kind of shows because I'm huge into living off of the grid type of things. So I, I binge watched this, this series called Alone where they're like in the middle of nowhere and seeing who can last the longest. So I like that. Stranger Things, All Things Scary, stuff like that. Talking about, you, you do find some time to watch TV just on the weekends. So, now do you, yeah. do you like pencil that into the to the calendar as well, or is that just no? That's kind of one of those things where, like my son, my son said that tonight. He was like, "Oh, we gonna watch a movie." So it it just depends. Like if I have time, I have time. I I know my schedule and all the the list of things that I that I do sounds like a lot, but it's not like I'm doing all of those things every single day. Like I'm not. I may book 10 trips this week and one next week for some, you know, for one of my businesses, or I may blog, write an article uh, this week and none next week. So I'm not doing all those things every single day at one time. It's just, those are just a lot of things that I have going on in rotation. Right. Now I'm, I'm kind of, somebody said like, if you're doing more than one thing at once, you're not doing any one thing well. Um, I'm paraphrasing. Do you feel like you're dropping eggs by or or dropping balls by not like just focusing on like one or two of your entrepreneurial tasks, or is this like? I can tell. Yeah. I can tell when when I'm not focusing on a specific area. Um, I do this thing where I I write lists down like every day. So it's whatever comes to my mind, like what do I need to get done today? I'll I'll make a list of it. And if it's a priority that I have to get done, then I focus on that. And then the other stuff at the end of the day, I'm like, "Mm, that's really not important like that. I can wait till the next day. But sometimes I can I can definitely tell when something is dropping by the wayside. Like if if I'm doing too much like firearm stuff, my husband would be like, okay, look. I don't feel like talking about that right now. So it, I could tell when I'm either dropping a ball or doing finding too much um, time or spending too much time on one specific area. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of the firearms, you are an award-winning firearms instructor. Or what? What did you win the award for? Oh, that was the Entrepreneurial Spirit Award in yeah, in Dallas for the Black Two Eight. You deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So we were we were actually at the uh, at the award show together. We we both won, which is awesome, and it was cool. Yeah. Congratulations to you, also. Thank you. For those of you who are still watching, you are watching an award winning podcast, despite the errors, despite the little hiccups. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in, everybody. Everybody who's live right now, thank you so much for being here. And we want to uh, just say thank you to you, Kiwana, for you know taking some of your crazy schedule. And, and squeezing it in for us. Um, that said, do you like? I'm. I don't want to come off wrong because yeah. you know if this is just kind of who you are, this is who you are. But do you find that like you have to be busy to to I guess feel okay, or or is this just you just have a lot of passions or like? Um, I don't think I have to be busy because it's sometimes where I don't want to do absolutely anything. We just came from 
um, a trip last weekend. I t- my family and I went to Dominican Republic for like four days. And usually I would take my laptop with me, but I did not take it. I did not book any trips during that time. Uh, I, I didn't take it. So I don't feel like I have to be busy all the time. But when I am busy, I'm, I'm laser focused in whatever task that I'm doing at the time. Um, but I do like peace and quiet and uh, my alone time. And I, I like that time. I don't have to be go, go, go all the time. I do like rest. I do like uh, meditation. I run a lot. So I, I do like just being calm and, and having that peace and stillness in my life. Okay, so you just have a little bit more focus and a little bit better motor than most of us in the sense that you are able to keep up with most of it. And like, I'm I'm kind of surprised that you are able to find balance being married, at least in the sense that you're able to hear when your husband's like, hey, I'm sick of this. Like, stop talking uh-huh. about it. Because I know for me personally, I'm, I'm sure my wife will tell you, like, sometimes I don't know when to stop talking about it. I'm just like, right. you know, these algorithms are crazy. You know, like... <laughs> Yeah. Yes, same. I'm the same way. Yeah. So I'm I'm just I can relate, although I've not found the motivation to do twelve different things, you know. <laughs> you know, I just I just can't. But I I wanna talk about just very briefly your son's condition. Mm-hmm. Um when did you find that out that he he had his condition? I found out uh, when he was born, he uh, could not suck. So um, they were trying to figure out like, what's what's going on? His mouth won't uh, form a seal around the bottle. So they, they didn't really know what was going on and they wanted to give him a G-tube. And I was, you know, I was a young mother. I had him when I was 18 and I was like, no, I, I'm going to figure it out. I don't want you to, to give him that. So I, I figured out, you know, with a specific... Um, nipple from a bottle from Walmart, figured out how to feed him. I put the bottle in his mouth and used my hands to form a seal around his mouth. But I think he was about a couple months old and the pediatrician was like, I think he has this condition called Mobius syndrome. I want you to go look it up. So I went home and, and did my research and I was like, all of these kids, all of these babies look exactly like my son. So um, I found out when he was a couple months old and he's 18 now, he just turned 18. Uh, he's had a good bit of challenges in his life. So uh, Mobius syndrome is paralysis of the sixth and seventh cranial nerves in your face. So you can't smile, can't make facial uh, expressions. It affects your speech. Um, but he has, he doesn't have any developmental delays. He drives, plays basketball. He's a senior in, in high school right now. So we've been a part of that foundation for 18 years. And again, now I serve as a, a board director and we are just trying to help our Mobius syndrome community because there's so many people that are still wondering what that is. And there's so many doctors that we have to explain every single time we go to the doctor and advocate for our children on what the condition is. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Just the understanding that you, you do have a, an unfortunate responsibility as somebody who's gone through this to help educate others so that babies aren't, aren't in a situation where they're struggling more than they ought to be. Uh, especially because a doctor is just strange to them. Unfortunately, people don't necessarily get this, especially uh, certain people. Their doctors don't know everything in that often. My wife was really big about this, especially around the the birth of our second um, daughter was really advocating uh, for yourself, especially when 
you know, in labor and all these different things where, yes. you know, doctors want to do this, they want to cut you open, they want to do all these different procedures and they want to rush things along, but you have to really advocate for yourself or have somebody advocate for you to kind of do your plan or, or do the things that are actually uh, uh, beneficial to you versus beneficial to the medical system, the machine. So I definitely uh, can appreciate you helping moms and dads everywhere try to figure this thing out because that sounds really like a like a hard time especially if you have no idea what it is so thank you for that yes yes now i, I definitely appreciate you sharing that and I, i'm kind of shifting over to one of the other things that you do travel agent so you're mm -hmm. full-time in the military what's your rank e9 a sergeant major okay so you're, you're kind of cool and uh, <laughs> and so we, Sergeant Major, your mom, you're a firearms instructor, and we'll get more into that, but you're also a travel agent. I am. What convinced you to do that? Were you part of some like MLM, like marketing scheme, like, <laughs> and they were like, hey, wish you were there, and it was just, it just mm -hmm. worked out, or? No. So my, I had a mentor, my, uh, a, a retired Sergeant Major, uh, mentor. She's still my mentor to this day. Uh, matter of fact, our husbands are both name are Michael. Our son's names are Caleb spelled the exact same way. So it's like we, we mesh. And so she told me about it like years ago. And I was like, mm, I have too much stuff going on in my life right now. And I was like, I, I just don't want to do it. But then she brought it to my attention like a year later. And I was like, oh, let me just see you know, what this is and what all it entails, how much time does it take? And so she told me about it. I got trained. And once I got trained with that specific travel agency, I came up with prepared place vacations. Uh, I chose prepared place as the name because my husband's also active duty military. And wherever we go, we always say that no matter where we, we get stationed, that location is going to be our prepared place that God has placed us together. So no matter where it is, it's our prepared place. So that's became uh, the name for my travel agency. And, and I love it. And I made it my own. And I advocate for just travel and self-care. Self-care is the best care, whether it's near or far. A lot of people think that you have to go to Europe and Spain and Jamaica just to travel, but you can go down the street. So um, yeah, I, I love, I love booking up vacations and I love traveling. No, that is actually really cool. I mean, obviously you get to travel your, your, your people that you're helping travel, you're allowing them to have a kind of a more curated experience, you know, versus them having to figure everything out themselves and be stressed out about the situation because maybe they don't have the same resources. Um, what resources more specifically do you have that perhaps they wouldn't have? I apologize. My dog is, she's getting all of cookie. No. <laughs> no, you're all good. No, I was just asking what resources do you have um, specific to you as a travel agent that maybe your your clients don't necessarily have? Ooh. Um, so when, when, when I tell people the difference between a travel agent and then someone going to look up themselves, we have our own... Um, like databases, travel, you can call it a database, like own database as a travel agents, we have actually multiple. It can be from 10 to like 70 different databases and resources that we use to find a trip. So I explain or I promote and advertise myself as 
I am doing all of the work for you. I have a link when someone is interested. I have a link that will pull up and you complete like a, a travel form, which asks you for like the five W's. Um, and then I send you quotes and you um, like the quotes or you don't like the quotes. And then we make some adjustments. But I advocate for you. And I, I, I think I posted maybe last week. Anyone can book a trip for someone, but when stuff hits the fan and they're at the airport and their flight gets canceled or uh, their room isn't right or something is wrong, like they are freaking out and you are not the best person at that time. So are you able to assist them and take care of their needs and their family's needs in crisis and times of emergencies? Because they don't want to be on hold with customer services. They need their stuff done immediately. And so that's what I do as a travel agent. I had to do it last weekend. Uh, when I client was traveling to Jamaica and I took care of everything that she needed when it came to her, her flights and uh, delays in her room and everything. So it can be challenging when you're in that heat of the moment situation when something is not going like it should. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm always up for a challenge and, and I love what I do in customer service, no matter which one of my businesses that I'm doing um, is number one, because you don't have to have that many followers to have great customer service for whatever you're doing. No, that's actually a huge thing that I, I hope didn't go over people's head is that you don't necessarily have to be some sort of 100,000 followers on Instagram superstar, you know, international sensation to be an international sensation, to have yeah. the, the type of influence uh, or, or rather that, that personal experience that creates that word of mouth that people are like, hey, yeah, you got to go book with my travel agent because, you know, <laughs> and create that that personalized experience. And. I'm, you know, as, as we're going on, I see there's a few people um, with us live. If you all want to drop something in the chat to uh, maybe if you have a question or maybe you just want to uh, show some love to to uh, our guest, Kiwana, that's cool, too. That said, um, I do want to take a quick second and say, you know, shout out to Randy. He is our uh, basically my supplier when it comes to firearms gear. If you guys don't know, I do have a firearms related page. So I buy all my, not firearms actually, but like my gear from him. So that means like holsters, medical. Um, and right now I am promoting medical because I think um, based on my previous conversation, we aren't doing a great job of, of making sure that our communities at large, beyond just like the gun community and things like that, our communities at large are taken care of when it comes to um, having medical supplies and even medical training. So. You should be able to see a link in the comment section. Um, if you guys can't see that, let me know. But you can hop over there, take a look, see if there's some medical that's not going to break your bank. Pick it up, use the code ARMEDATLAS, uh, spelled how it sounds, and that gives you free shipping. Wanted to make sure you guys got that Amazon experience, so free shipping if you guys use the, the code. And of course, every purchase helps the show and helps the small business. So there we go. And... Uh, Kiwana. Yes. Being patient through that ad break. Of course, of course. Um, I have a question. So the the Firearms Academy. Yeah, you've been in the military. And I think that's that's a question that a lot of people get, especially the ladies who get into guns or are firearms instructors. It's like, um, oh, like, oh, are you are you are you in the military? Are you are you the police? Are you are you a cop? <laughs> And that's like the question that a lot of even the dudes in the industry get. I mean, I've gotten that. I posted something on my main, my personal Facebook page and 
I'm getting um <laughs> like I had this lady who she's like a she's like an auntie to me, but like a great aunt. She's like, Oh, are you a police? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do I have to be? Like No, I'm not the not yeah, I mean, just because I, I advocate for people to arm themselves safely and responsibly to get the necessary training. And I, I don't know, I don't know that I personally need to be uh, in those capacities to, to get that information out there. Um, now for you, it's a little bit different because if somebody were to ask, what are you in the police? Are you military? That is a question that you could answer easily. And I suppose people would leave you alone at that point, but is your role in the military around firearms? Like what, what got you, I guess the question is what, what got you excited to teach people about uh, expressing their, their Second Amendment right in the sense of being safely, responsibly armed? It works. Let's see. So I um, got into firearms because of my mom when I was younger, and she was in a, uh, a women's gun group or gun club. And when I turned 21, I brought my first, bought, purchased my first uh, firearm, which I still to this day have my receipt. For that firearm that I purchased when I was 21. Um, but being in the military, of course, because I've been in the military since I've been uh, 17 years old. So before I could legally own a firearm, I was already shooting a rifle in the military through qualifications and uh, going to the range. So I've always um, known how to use a firearm. But as I got older, just having my own and just being an advocate, an advocate for, you know, I was a single mom with my, my son at first, but just being an advocate of self-protection at a very young age, just continued through adulthood. But what made me start One Shot Firearms Academy was I was in Arizona and I had, I was not liking the um, customer service that I was receiving from several different um gun organizations. So whether it was a gun store or in um, just like a the military surplus stores that they, they sell old things, I just wasn't uh, happy with the treatment that I was getting because it was just like, do you even know what you're looking for in here? Like, or go to the range. Do you need assistance? Do you need help with the RSOs and the range? And I'm just like, no, I'm good. I just came in here with my bag of guns and I would like to fire uh, some rounds without interruption. So it was just the treatment that, oh my goodness, like, do you even know what you're doing? So I just got tired of that. I wanted to spread awareness to, especially the women in the community of, you don't have to be a victim as if you don't know what you're doing when it comes to firearms. We're not a hundred years ago where uh, the male is the only one that has a firearm uh, and the woman just takes care of the house and just wishes and hopes that um, the guy is there when somebody breaks in the house to protect her. We're, we're not in those days anymore. So I just, I just got tired of the mistreatment as a, a female in the industry as far as firearms. So I started my own organization and when I, that's kind of funny too, because the range that I used to go at, go to in Arizona that I experienced that kind of treatment with when I became a firearms instructor and I started teaching there, I brought so many women there for training and just, um, memberships there. And just, it was like a revolving door where they started questioning me, questioning me, like if I work there and I was like, no, I don't work here. I'm just bringing people to get educated and trained and equipped to be out in this world. So they're able to protect themselves and their families. 
That is awesome. And I'm thankful because, you know, it's part of part of my goal in just doing all this is to make sure that similarly to you, that people are equipped, people are educated, people understand. And so I'm always excited when I get a chance to sit down with somebody who has a, who has a similar goal. Obviously, not everybody's the same. Not everybody has the same capacity. Um, but how many, I guess, how many women would you, or I, don't, I don't know if you mainly train women or if you do a mix. Um, no, I train men, women, and, and children of age. Um, so, oh, goodness, I don't know how many I've trained. I've trained for sure. Oh, okay. I have a, a class roster log that I keep on an Excel spreadsheet. But yeah, I've trained a lot. I've trained a lot of people, in, and that's in Arizona, Texas, and a couple people in, in, in North Carolina since we've opened One Shot Firearms Academy here. But I've trained a good bit of people, and it's not only um, women, um, but it's men also. I was at the range teaching um, one of my students when I was in Texas, and I had a law enforcement officer who was like at the um, the lane next to me and he was, you know, firing training for something. And so when I was putting my stuff up, he came and asked me, he was like, Hey, I saw you, you, I noticed that you were training someone. Can you please help me? Because he was having problems or just not so much having problems, but wanted a different way to draw from his holster. Um, he was a heavier guy and his, his lats were kind of getting in the way. And he was like, I just need a more, uh, a better way to proficiently draw from my holster and, and fire accurately. So I gave him some tips and I didn't post it or didn't give, say anything, but it was, it was just that spur of the moment kind of thing where someone needed assistance. There was a law enforcement officer. I was already out there. He was a male. And of course I, I assisted him and, and trained during that time and shot right beside him. So um, I, I don't discriminate men, women, children of age. There you go. And you said of, of age twice at this point. Like, what, what do you mean? Is there like a certain cutoff that you prefer? So I always say uh, they have to be mature enough to know what a gun. Of course, they're always going to have a um, like when I was training in Texas, I had to teach them at the specific range that I was at. They had to go through my uh, children's safety course to even get a badge to be on the range, period. Um, and that was just a requirement for that specific range. But they have to be knowledgeable and mature enough to handle a firearm and to to know the do's and don'ts when it comes to it. I have a children's firearm safety class where I have pictures of Fortnite and pictures of all these different games that, that show uh, gun violence in it just to show them that it, it's not a game and that you don't get another life if you're killed in real life. Um, but children of age, I would say the youngest I've trained was about, well, besides my own kids, because they've been shooting since they were way younger. I would say nine. Nine was the youngest child that I've, I've taught, maybe eight. But they were mature enough. And again, when I teach, when I train children, uh, use a, a 22 caliber. So it's it's not that much for them. And then, you know, their parents are always there assisting them. I'm, it's never a one on one with just me and a child. Their parents always present, usually shooting beside them. So, yeah, yeah. no, that's um, I've I've never had to teach a kid just in my goings and comings in in the in the firearms community, and I'm like, dang, like, what does that even look like to to teach a kid? Like, because it takes uh, a lot of patience. It takes a lot of my, number one, my spidey senses and my safety. I don't know if that's a military or just being a firearms instructor. Period. But my safety is like on. A thousand because you're you're using a, a live you know live round so 
it's, it takes a lot of patience because you have to like explain things a certain way and making sure they have muzzle awareness and making sure that they're um, their they're trigger finger because they're not going to pick it up as easily as adults when we talk about trigger discipline and muzzle awareness. They're, they're not going to think about that the entire time. They're like, okay, I'm listening, but then this is kind of cool. So I have to pay attention and do the right thing. It takes a lot of patience. Um, but the, at, the, at the end of the day, I, I make it fun and enjoyable for them. Um, and again, that's where their parents come in and, and kind of assist and shoot beside them. Sometimes I have parents like, can I do it? Can I, can I try? And I'll let them shoot too. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. It looks like you've got some, some, some friends and family in the chat coming through. So oh, awesome. are they? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you recognize some of these folks, but, uh, oh, we're gonna want to give them their, their, uh, um, their, their moment and just let, let you see what they're saying. Um, so thank you for, you know, explaining kind of what that, what that looks like in regards to teaching children, making sure that they can be safe in the world of firearms. Cause as you know, um, kids and firearms, oftentimes it's like oil and water, especially when it's unmonitored. Um, well, basically almost, almost exclusively when it's unmonitored, but adults make mistakes. So I understand mm -hmm. that. You know, when you're when you're teaching kids that, like you said, the spidey sense is going to kind of be on be on edge trying to make sure that you do everything not just right, but like triple right, like check, check, triple check and everything. And so I, I get that. Absolutely get that. And I, I can really appreciate you trying to make sure that these kids are prepared. Um, now, have you I, I suppose like being in the military, there's there's I guess there's this understanding like, hey, you know, like this person. Um, she's going to handle guns. And I, I assume your husband has kind of been on board with the firearms thing. Um, just based on what you, what you said earlier, have you had people like in your, I don't want you to like talk about your family, but have you had people in your family who have kind of been more resistant to you getting into the firearms part of your entrepreneurial serial entrepreneurial life? I don't think so. If anything, uh, family members have been more um, interested um, because it's like, okay, now I know somebody, I like have a relative, like I, maybe I want a gun or I want a firearm or my husband or spouse owns a firearm. I wanted to get, purchase one, but I just don't have, you know, I don't, I don't know which one to get or what caliber, what. So I, if anything, they've been more interested um, in, what I do. And as a matter of fact, this weekend, we're having like a, a family ladies uh, range day um, at, at the new range where we'll, we'll be going over like all kind of training and, and these new drills. But I don't think I've had anyone that is, is uh, against uh, firearms or any kind of training or anything that I'm doing. Not, not yet. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Because like oftentimes the story, especially if somebody comes from uh like a black family or something like that it's like oh uh yeah my mom she was always against guns she didn't want any guns in the house and then something weird happened and then she didn't really want to see it or she doesn't want to touch it but she's okay with me having it in training and because she understands mm -hmm. and it's like okay this. yeah I've, I've i've trained a lot of different uh people who are in a lot of different spaces. I've trained people right. who said that they've never uh, wanted to touch a firearm. I've trained uh, domestic vi uh, domestic violence survivors. I've trained um, 
people who are afraid of guns, people whose spouses have had guns for 20 years and they've never um, shot the gun or held the gun or even know where it's located. And then their spouse is a truck driver. So if something happened to them, they wouldn't know what to do. So I've trained a lot of different people with a lot of different backgrounds and everyone has a different story as far as their reasoning for wanting to have a firearm, wanting to more, learn more about a firearm or not wanting to have one period. I've trained people who are not going to purchase a firearm ever, but they still want to know how to use it. And they've shot it before, but they're just not comfortable owning a firearm at that time. And so at the end of our sessions, once we have our training and our education, I ask them, if you were in a situation where you had to protect yourself or you were getting uh, violently attacked and it was a life or death situation and that person uh, lost access or dropped their gun, are you able to pick it up and, and safely use it so that you cannot hurt yourself? And if the answer is yes, and even though you don't want to purchase a firearm, if the answer is yes and you're comfortable with training, then I have done my job. Yeah. Wow. That's um, that's in, that's really interesting. And just kind of thinking about it, it's like, wow, this person's been around a firearm. It's been in the vicinity for five, six, seven, eight, nine years, and still we have this issue. So, yeah, we have a comment. Children are the future. We have to teach them right from young. I agree. <laughs> I, think, I think we all agree here. Um, so thank you for that comment. And so I do want to talk a little bit about your, your military career for just a second, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. What do you do in the military? Um, well, my current job is, um, or as we say, uh, military uh, occupation specialist, is a 42 Alpha. So a 42 Alpha is like a human resource specialist. But um, my current job is an equal opportunity sergeant major. So anything that has to deal with diversity, equity, and inclusion, fair treatment, um, protecting those of those being discriminated against, harassment, bullying, all of that. So all things equal opportunity and diversity, equity, inclusion is, is my primary job as a, a sergeant major overseeing uh, that program for the specific command that I'm in. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that is interesting considering I, I've never considered that the military would specifically not just have that position, but like, I, I've just never considered it. Like, you know, every single company has a like a human resources, diversity and equity and inclusion team. It's like a huge thing now because fair treatment for all, all employees, equal opportunity, equal employment opportunity, all of those things. So every organization should have some kind of representative of personnel uh, in that kind of department. Yeah. So would you say, has this position been around for a while or is this kind of... Oh, yeah, it's been around for a long, yeah, I mean, long time. I, I imagine like, the, you know, Title IX has been around, all, the, all these different uh, um, governmental uh, establishments have been around. So I, I assume so. And you said that that's your most recent job. What, what else have you done? Oh, um, I have been a, an instructor been an instructor before. Ooh, so this is your been... <laughs> And yeah, exactly. So I, I've been an instructor for a, a long time and like not so much as maybe three years as an NCO Academy instructor teaching like um, warrior leader course or advanced leader course. 
um, or basic leader course, but just different things. So once you are in the, in, in the army, uh, you have your specific primary job that you do, but you also have additional duties and additional um, certifications that you can receive. So not only just being an instructor uh, for those three years, but taking courses like resilience training and resilience facilitator, uh, doing those kind of trainings, a master fitness trainer, uh, where you get certi uh, certified for fitness to be able to help other soldiers with uh, army physical fitness and any kind of rehabilitation um, programs for that. So no matter what it was, it was some kind of facilitation that I was doing for like the past 15 years, I would say. Yeah. So that that's really interesting. So I suppose like, like I mentioned with the firearms training, that kind of easily bled right over into like, Hey, you know, like this isn't new for me. Like I've, I've been instructing in the military. Um, maybe there are some additional skills that you applied as you get into the civilian world and people are kind of less familiar with certain weapons mm -hmm. platforms or weapon systems or however you want to say, you know, you know, punching mm -hmm. out and go to work, but mm -hmm. <laughs> inside joke. Um, so, but I'm, um, so I, I suppose that's, I suppose that's great. Well, what would you, would you say that the military, well, I suppose you've been in for a while. How long have you been uh, serving? A six, 16 in March would be active duty and I have a few years on the reserve. Got a lifer. I love it. Yeah. Oh, of course. I, if they had me this long, I am retiring. She says she's getting all the bread. I love it. Yes. It's, it's, yes. But I, I have a, I have a while before I, I, I want to retire. It's still some things that I want to do. I'm young, so uh, I'll be in for a little bit longer. Get it. I'm all for it. Uh, real quick, Randy Brooks from uh, Obsidian Training Group, Obsidian Tactics, he uh, dropped a comment in here. We Yes, we did acknowledge um, that you are an, an award-winning firearms instructor and entrepreneur. Um, so <laughs> we just want to bring that up again. Just make sure you have all the flowers. We want to give you all, all your flowers. Oh, um, thank you. Absolutely. I, I think we can't say it enough. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So... So we're here, we're talking about your military career, we're talking about you've, you've been the diversity and inclusion, or you're currently working in diversity and inclusion. Um, I actually did have a question about, like, is do you find that your job is very active right now, or do you find yourself like, you know, I don't want you to talk bad about the military if there's something that has to be said, but I mean, it's a constant conversations. Like, let's keep it yeah. a buck. Are you finding yeah. situations where you're just like, oh, shoot, this is why they hired me. Now I got, I got to go handle business. I'm going to go crack some heads, crack some skulls, you know, like, go ahead and write the curb real quick. And, you know, we got to take care of business. Like, are you running into situations where you're just like, I got to, I got to, I got to become the HR lady? Like, what's going on? No. So I think every organization has its, its issues. And unfortunately, it's, it's, uh, a shame that we even have to have these kind of positions, but hey, here, here we are. They, they've been around for a long time. But when it comes to equal opportunity, um, again, that's an umbrella of, of things when it, it comes to discrimination. And, and sometimes uh, people, um, they don't categorize things into what, is, what it should be. So they may call it uh, one specific thing, but it may be, I have a communication um, issue with someone or our personalities uh, conflict with each other 
or there's just a problem where we're not communicating and they're not even having a conversation with you so that you can find out why they're communicating. So I don't I don't think it's it has been like really, really challenging. It's just policies and regulations in place that that govern how we should treat each other um, in the military. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily always go like that. And when it doesn't, then that's when we have to follow uh <laughs> follow regulatory guidance and, and let the commander deal with how they want to uh, how they want to deal with that specific situation with with those individuals. Sure. OK, so my uh, a lot of my family members, immediate family members have have uh, worked in the military who have uh, given their time, their bodies, their energy, their life force to the military. And we uh, we're thankful to them. What would you say, my brother, he's uh, he's currently in the Navy, so a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. If he said, if he came to you and was like, hey, I'm dealing with some things, hypothetically, what are some things that he might bring to you? And how would you, like, what would that conversation look like? How would you address it? And maybe what are some actions that you might have to take if there was some legitimate grievances that you are detecting? Uh, first, I would ask, if that individual was okay um and just ask for the because everything is very by the book we have checklists but at the end of the day nothing can prepare you for a situation where someone comes into your office and they're distraught or they're frustrated or they're crying or they're angry whatever so you have to listen so that would be a first uh, the first thing listen um write things down take notes um and just ultimately it's about the person that's in your space at that moment. And they, they're coming to you. If they, they mustered up enough courage to physically come to you and talk to you about it, a situation or a concern that they have, the first thing that I would do is, is listen and take in as much information as possible, make sure that they're safe, they're okay. Uh, and then ask them, uh, after you gather all the details, just ask them, okay, so what do you want to see come from this, this specific situation that, that you brought to me? And then after they, they talk about that, then we go into the different options that they have for moving forward with how to deal with their specific situation. So if it was like, uh, I don't feel like I'm being valued in my job, or I feel like I'm being discriminated against for one of these bases of discrimination, then they decide, you provide them with the options, then they decide which route they want to go. So specifically, if you um, let's let's actually change gears ever so slightly, because it's it's coming back to my memory. I mean, you served in Texas um, and for some reason here in Texas, there's this very specific base that has had multiple instances that are both tragic, horrifying and heinous um, altogether. And I'm not sure what role your position plays into it. In fact, I, I don't know if you were anywhere near that base. You have to tell me if you were or you weren't. That said, no. uh, um, thank, thank you for clarifying. So that said, when, we're, when we look at these issues, specifically regarding women in the military, um, lately um, Black and Latino women in the military, we're seeing these random, seemingly random, but high-profile instances of uh, violence and assault and essay and all the different terms that we can use to describe, you know, true heinous violence against women. And then um, I'm going to use the term unaliving of these, of these, you know, 
patriots do we use that word in regards to uh, uh service um, members we, service members yeah. uh, these these in in the most literal sense patriots mm -hmm. service members people who mm -hmm. are who are giving their life to to doing the job and we're we're realizing that they've they've come into harm's way in a place where there shouldn't be uh, a, a, an obvious threat against them outside, you know, I mean, in the world, yes, but like not here on base. Um, and we're seeing like, oh, wow, there was complaints levied. Um, now we're hearing reports like, yeah, they, you know, uh, um, the parents are saying they, they came to me and they said that they're sending in reports. I don't know that I have a very specific question for you, to be honest, but that's something that's coming to mind and i'm like yes yeah. i don't know that that's a huge concern just across the board but i think it, it will always be an issue until it there is zero issues um when it comes to um, equal opportunity or sexual harassment or in the military so it's something that we always have to be an advocate of zero tolerance uh no matter what branch that you're in and, and just making sure that we're taking care of each other and, and doing the right things. And if something doesn't seem right, then speak up and uh, be an advocate for someone if you feel that they don't have a voice, but we have to look out for one another. I think sometimes we forget that, yes, we, we see each other and sometimes we, we go home and mind our business like, okay, it's, it's five o'clock and, and I'm going home and to my family and I'm not thinking about work. But sometimes we have to, to remember that we are each other's brothers and sisters in arms and we have to look out for each other um just making sure that we're, we're watching each other and, and knowing when something is off now when you obviously you've heard of some of these instances that i'm telling you about what were some of maybe your thoughts or questions that you you had in your mind when you heard about these issues if you can remember um i i I was saddened and just discouraged. I had a lot of questions of, um, and this is going for a lot of the different situations that uh, come out in the media and the, regarding the military, just kind of confused on where leadership was and, and if there was leadership involved, you know, what kind of leadership was it? Was it toxic leadership? Was there failed leadership? Did other people know what was going on? So I just, uh, I get saddened when I hear specific situations, unfavorable uh, things from people uh, in the military or whether it's against men or women, um, any kind of unfavorable negative um, information that's put up in the put into the public's eye that has happened to people in the military. It, it, it saddens me because again, we are a socialization, our socialization in our lives come from, we're, we're human before we come into the military. So sometimes people bring those behaviors that they, that they were accustomed to, or that they already had, already had previously to the military, they, they bring those into uniform. And again, they, they, they shouldn't be tolerated if they go against any kind of um, army values or whatever values and morals that you have for that specific branch. So I, I get sad when I, when I hear not so good things happening in the media when it comes to the military. Yeah, I, I can imagine, especially because you've, you've dedicated so much of your life to it. And you know, I don't think you're you're blind to some of the, the softer spots or the the areas that need improvement. Um, so I can I can appreciate um, I can appreciate you you saying all that. 
I was, man, it's such, it's such kind of a, a, a rough topic. So, um, I appreciate you for really just taking a second to. No problem. Yeah. Um, would you say that the military is still a viable career path for ladies, especially, um, certain, a certain career, uh, MOSs and whatnot as you go in? Yes, I, I would. If, if that's something that someone wants to do uh, and is still interested in doing and that's just a, a thought in their mind, like, hey, I, I would want to see what the military is about or give it a try. Uh, absolutely. If, if that's something that they really want to do. Um, not everyone is a lifer when it comes to the military. Some people come in and they do their contract for they serve their time. They do their four years or their three years and then they they get out. They do other things. Um they build businesses in or out of uniform. So it, it's not a retirement for, for all, but I do feel that if there's still people out there, applicants that want to serve, um, by all means, yes, the military has done uh, great things for me. Yes, we hear all of the horrible things when, it, when, when it's publicized and it's in the media. But if someone is still interested in going into the military, I would make sure that they do their research, especially when it comes to specific jobs. Talk to a recruiter. Um, hopefully, uh, they could find someone who maybe is prior service, a family member, a friend that can give them more insight. But definitely, just do their research, and if it's something they want to do, then they, they should go for it. Awesome! Thank you so much for saying that. You know, I, and I, I don't mean to stay kind of in a, in a negative uh, vein when it comes to your career path, because um, I know you know you're proud of it. But I, I've had this saying in my mind because I've, I've met a few different people from different branches who some of them are just the best people like salt of the earth, just like people that if you were in a bad situation on the side of the road, your, your car blew up, you want them to be the one driving by and hopping out to say help or to, to help you out. Cause they're just, they're made of the right stuff. And then there's the mm-hmm. other people who are like, Oh wow. And so it's like, I feel like, and maybe maybe you disagree heavily with this, but uh, in my opinion, the military can either accentuate or the, the military accentuates what's already there. As in, if you remain in the system, you don't wash out, you'll either have your most negative traits accentuated um, if you don't wash out, or if you have a good solid base, you are like a, I'm not going to say a good person because I don't, I, I don't like to use that word, but if you... If you have a solid foundation, that will be built upon and you can kind of go from there. Would you agree or disagree? Um, I, I would say agree and disagree because, again, we are the, um, the military is comprised of the society that's already in or people that's already in society today. So everyone that you have in society and di- the different personalities and different types of people, those are still the same people in the military. We just have uniforms or they've gone through different phases in their lives. But the military, I think, is is what you make of it. So there's some people in the military that absolutely hate it. Um, they Maybe they haven't had good jobs. Maybe they've been separated from their families for a long time and, and they're um, frustrated and they regret joining the military. And then there's some people that they, they love the military. It's provided a great family for a great life for their families as far as, far as financial, housing, um, food, resources. So it, it's it's what you make it. And again, that's when that, that mentorship and leadership comes into play 
um, with those in the military. So you just can't get in and just be by yourself the whole time. Just find a good leader, find a good mentor, uh, find a good battle buddy. And, and again, it, it is literally what you make it. You can either hate it or, um, and then it, they could be a roller coaster because there was times where I didn't really like the military, but I was like, eh, I'm going to stay in the military because it's, it's keeps me disciplined and it, it gives me drive. Um, and then you mature at some point and then you, you, you start to excel and you start to challenge yourself, um, uh, and compete with your peers when it comes to different positions and things like that. So I, I think it's ultimately what you make of it. Yeah, I, I would, I'll go ahead and agree with you in that sense that everything is what you make of it. No matter if you're working at McDonald's or Starbucks or something like that, um, all the way up to. Which I did. I worked at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> now, as an adult or as a teen? As an adult. Because I, I know you said you were you were reserved for a minute, or you were in the reserves for a little bit. Yeah, long. but I was I was reserved just for a few years. Okay, and was that during that time, or did you also do the Starbucks thing? Because you just no. So when I was reserved, I was doing Burger King and like Waffle House and stuff like that. Ooh. Uh, Waffle House <laughs> then I became okay. Executed. Thug Life, I see you. <laughs> Have, have you seen the and recent Waffle House video? Oh, okay. So certified hands. That's awesome. Have you seen the recent video of the Avenger girl? I have. Bro. The Duke, for those who are listening, I'll just go ahead and just explain it. So uh, there's this big brawl. And there's, you know, the customers are trying to hop on the counter and people are getting beat. People are getting held. It's, it's bad. And on the way out, somebody picks up a chair and slings it at this girl. This this little white girl is probably like five foot five. She's she's like staring at this guy, egging him on, like, come on, bring it. Throws the chair. She somehow with a spatula in her forearm deflects <laughs> the chair. Like like she's an Avenger. Like she's like Captain America. Or oh, something. For real. I'm she like, was like <laughs> I was just insane. I I I lost my mind. I was like, yo, I, I, it was so, Look, it was so crazy. I, I clipped people, it and okay? put it on my stories. What'd you say? I said, don't mess with us Waffle House people. Bro, right? not the night shift. No. <laughs> <laughs> yo, people are joking like, yo, it's on the application. Like, it's on the application. <laughs> Do you have hands? <laughs> yo, it's, 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 it, yo, it's, you know, Randy said Waffle House veteran. I love it. <laughs> Double vet. I, I love it. Um, did want to just take a second to remind everybody to go ahead. If there's links that you can find in the description, check those links out because um, we're promoting uh, Obsidian Training Group. Code Armed Atlas gets you free shipping on whatever you want. And of course, every purchase helps the show. Help the show. This show is free. You can get it everywhere for free. And if you find something that you love, go ahead and buy it. If you don't love anything, just send me a DM, say, I hate the website. I don't want to buy anything. Get a new sponsor slash affiliate program. Yeah, and I'm, I'm cool. Just give me. Yo, I love it. Here we go. DJ Play Nice, Waffle House Warrior. There we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to, to get those shirts. I'm, a, I'm going to allow you to make the shirts. I will not take the shirts. Waffle House Warrior. Go for it. It's all Oh, you. my goodness. Anyways, so man, let's um was there was there 
we're not ending the stream right now, but I do want to go into like a, a Q&A sec a session. For those of you who are here, please like the stream. We're going to go ahead into a Q&A section and just kind of um, ask some audience questions. There were some audience questions that I was able to pick up from the Instagram. For those of you who are not following on Instagram, armed underscore Atlas, I usually kind of let people know like, hey, we're about to go live. And today I picked up some questions to make sure that we had a few extras. So fire your questions into the comment section if you have any, and uh, we'll go ahead from here. Uh, was there, how can people find you? We're not ending the stream, but how can people find you? Oh, okay. So you can find me at One Shot Firearms Academy on Facebook or Instagram, Kiawana Phillips on Facebook and Instagram, Prepare Place Vacation on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can find The Boy Who Smiles With His Heart. That That's the book that I published about my son, my oldest son with Mobius Syndrome. Wow. Um, it's on Amazon. So, or um, on, if you Google it, it, it should come up. Um, goodness. I think it's a um, There's also it's a busy life.com. Uh, it's a busy life social media page. That's my blog that has everything on there. Um, I think that's all my handles that I can think of. That's insane. I didn't, well, before we do anything else, I maybe, maybe you had mentioned, um, maybe you had mentioned that you wrote a book. Did, did I just completely mention that? Did you, did you say that earlier? Oh no, I just mentioned it. <laughs> Golly. Okay. So author, <laughs> let's go down the list. We're not going to go down the list again. Author. No, don't go down the list again. We're not going to do it, but add author to the list of the 12 things that you've done well in your life. And tell us a little bit about that book. Where can people buy it? First of all, can people still buy it? Uh you can buy it on uh, Instagram. You can buy it on Amazon. Again, if you if you type in Google or Amazon, The Boy Who Smiles With His Heart, um, that's a book that I published when my son was nine. And number one, it is an emotional... Oh. oh. So this is my son when he was uh, nine. And it's called The Boy Who Smiles With His Heart, A Mobius Syndrome Story. And it's um, not too not too long. Yeah, yeah short yeah. read, but it, it tells about the the first nine years of his life living uh, with Mobius syndrome and just the challenges, the ups and downs, challenges, trials and tribulations of his life, and just a young mom navigating a a child with uh, special needs and just advocating for him. So you're gonna laugh, you're gonna cry, you're gonna be mad, but it, it's it's overall a good read. And, and I published that a couple of uh, years ago, and I, I think you all would enjoy it. Yeah, Randy Brooks with the is there anything that Kiwana doesn't do? I think the answer is no. I think the list is shorter on one side <laughs> than the other. But um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us, and I know. I, I imagine it was perhaps cathartic for you having having raised a, a child with with not like the traditional special needs where it's some sort of intellectual disability or or something that is limiting his uh, uh, um, it, has it limited his mobility in regards to his his movement or is it just a face? Uh, well, when he was born, he was born with clubbed feet, so it's he had surgery when he was one to break and then correct them and then the same surgery at two to break and correct them uh -huh. so at a very young age he was casted um 
we had braces. And then when he was three years old, I was at work one day and I got a call that he had choked in daycare on a pretzel and he was rushed to the hospital. He was traked and he was traked for in the hospital for four months and he was traked for three years. Wow. That is yes. intense. I, I assume all that's in the book. It is, but and throughout that, throughout it all, my, like my Caleb, my son's name is Caleb. Um, he, he is amazing. He's never um, complained about anything. Of course, he has his days where he has his challenges, and he's a, he's a little frustrated when it comes to speech or articulating himself. But he he's he's amazing. He's so resilient, and we we love him so much. I have people like all over the world that follow his it's it's a busy not it's busy life, but the boy who smiles with his heart page because. Uh, that's a social media that I, I put, I've been putting pictures on there for like almost his whole life. Right. Um, but just people all over the world who are like, I know you, but I don't know you. You know how we it's have like that social media with auntie yeah. or uncle or friend. So yes, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, as, as a parent of young kids, it's, you're often faced, at least I am with the thoughts of like, Hey, you better appreciate this crying and disobedient child right now because tomorrow is not promised. Like yeah. you can have everything you love snatched away from you. And yes. even, even in your situation where, you know, at, at times one might, and I, I'm not saying this, but one might say, Oh, that's, that's a burden to have to do this and this and that and learn how to help a child function in a society where um, like 70% of your communication is nonverbal and everything you do has to be communicated differently. Uh, so that's a big deal. I mean, and even for me, I've worked in special needs for a long time in regards to like uh, IDDs and autism and whatnot, and even some emotional um, issues. So just to understand like, hey, like this is even different than that. And this is hard. So I respect you. And I'm thankful that you had the, the courage to share the story, what would you say that writing the story was at all cathartic for you? I, I, I don't know what kind of emotional toll it would have had on you. I, I have no idea. It was rough writing. When I tell you I edited so, and it's, it's a short read, but I went through so much editing because I was like, what about this? And what about this? And what about that? And it was an emotional roller coaster because I had to like go back and remember some of those things. And then like, I, I would write it out. And then I would just kind of like sometimes burst into tears because I'm like, I remember when the doctor told me that um, he should get a G-tube or I remember when the doctor told me that he would never walk and he would never talk and he would never do these things. So you have to relive moments. So it was, it was pretty emotional. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to write uh, The Boy Who Smiles With His Heart part two for, since He's been, uh, that one was up to the age of nine and he's 18 now. So do I want to do 10 through 18 right now? Um, I'm still trying to decide that. Yeah, no, that's, that is, obviously that's a different beast having to consider um, the, the, just all the emotions that you'll have to go through and remembering all of that. I don't know how much you journal. I assume there's some just cause you're just so industrious. I don't know how you would survive not journaling, but I don't know. I don't know. But hey, uh, DJ Play Nice, thank you for posting that link to the uh, to the book. I'll 
Y'all, please remind me. I, I want to link to this and to the podcast show notes as well, just so if someone wants to support in that kind of way, they can. Um, you put a lot of work into it, a lot of a lot of uh, sweat and tears, and I thank think you. We, we ought to support you if we can. Yes, so, go out there. It's on Amazon. It's not that much. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I think it's it's a good cause and uh, important to share that. Not everybody's life is typical, you know, and even in your- and not everyone's life is is what you see on the outside. So yeah. you can you can see someone and like, oh my gosh, they have it all together, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But there's so many layers to someone. So some people can they they show you what they want you to see. So that there's just don't don't take everything for face value because there's so many things and different levels and and elements to to different people. And that's where I say we need to be more kind and and have more grace to people because you you never know what someone is going through. Yeah, absolutely. So we went ahead and pinned that comment so people can hopefully see it a little bit longer if they want to support that book. Um, That said, thank you so much for sharing that deep and intimate part of your life. I I feel like we could go on for another hour specifically about (laughs) that. And maybe, maybe we ought to bring you back on and you can share some of the other interesting things that somehow we didn't get to because you just. just Listen, so I have to, to go it. running at like five o'clock in the morning. Right. So. Right. Well, let's not. Right. Um, let's do the uh, do the little Q&A. We'll do it right here in the stream. We're not going to end the stream, but we have um, I'm going to try to scale this down a little bit. Some of the people who answered said questions. Um, the humble marksman, good friend of the show, he's taught me a lot about the firearms industry and this this thing that we we call social media. Great page, does a lot of uh, tutorials. Y'all should check him out on his Instagram and his YouTube. He said, "How do you deal with the topic of guns when it comes to uh, when it comes up in mom circles, kids, parents, friends, and whatnot?" Oh, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it comes up in mom's circles, but it definitely comes up on uh, my news feed with, uh, I would say, people that's on my news feed, um, especially around incidents that have to, that deals with, with gun violence or anything involving a gun. You see people post their views on, you know, what they feel about it. Oh, it's the guns. Remove the guns from, no one needs to have a gun. And I'm just like, so who's going to protect you? Anyways, but so it's just like that. I I see things and um, I don't, I don't comment much because I'm I'm not one to to comment on things like that, but I continue posting my, uh, my firearms things and, my safety stuff and my memes and my educational and training information. I, I see it all the time, especially when it, it involves incidents on the media with, with guns, but right. um, I let people have their, their, their different views. They're entitled to that. You, you know, I'm, I, I do want to touch on that a little bit because I deal with a lot of different people and I, I really try not to add too many new friends to Facebook. Like if you don't already know that I'm kind of into this thing, I don't, I don't know. Like if we know, if I know you in real life, <laughs> Like, and you don't know that I have like a two-way friendly podcast and you know, mm-hmm. gun tubing a little bit and Instagram where I shoot a lot of guns and we shoot full autos and, you know, weapons of war, quote unquote, and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if, uh, 
I don't know. Some people are are weird and they'll judge you and they'll make assumptions and they say, well, <laughs> if you're black and you like guns and you're one of those black conservatives, aren't you? And that's yeah, not necessarily yeah, true. Yeah. For those who are older, yeah. it's not necessarily true. Right. It's, it's, it's so weird. Again, just like you said, people are weird. I'm like, y'all see it like, like they make, they, it's, it's the judgment when it comes to one thing, like you look a certain way with a picture with a gun, but then somebody else posts the same picture with a gun, but it's okay. And it's cool. And you want to be like that person, but this person is a little aggressive or what, what are, what are their intentions with the gun? Mm. So social media is so weird. People are so weird. They pick and choose what they, how they want to perceive specific things. And it, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. They don't, they don't uh, pay my bills and they don't have anything to do with my immediate life. If it's not affecting my, my family, my husband, my children, my mom, my dad, my sisters, then it, it doesn't have anything to do with me. How many sisters do you have? I have two. Okay. About to say, I felt like you were about to go and say like I have seven. I'm like, okay. No, I'm the oldest. I got, I got oldest child vibes. Yeah, that's cool. What? Yes, I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest sister, the oldest cousin in our little group. Yes, I'm the oldest. Makes sense. Makes sense. What does that mean? I don't know. Whatever you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I think I read something that says like you're the leader, or you you like to lead and be in charge. My mom and my cousins. Oh, I, I don't know how much you like it, but it, I mean. It just comes naturally at some point. Like it's it's the natural position, so you kind of have. That's what my mom said. She always want to be the boss of somebody. Tell somebody what to do. <laughs> she said, "Always want to be the boss of somebody." It reminds me of my oldest. Oh my gosh, she's she can be, she's amazing, but she can be kind of bossy. Uh, it's just the the natural mode. Um, that said, thank you for sharing that about uh, kind of like social media, mom circles, people kind of on the outside looking in, and kind of the thick skin that you have to have. Um, so P3 Tactical said, where does she keep her superhero capes? She is BA. Oh, my Wonder Woman cape. Um, I take it off every now and then. I'm still human now. I still get tired. Uh, I do a lot of things, but it's, it's in moderation. Um, like I talked about at the beginning of the show, it's, it's in moderation. Everything I do is not at one time. It's not, it's not simultaneous, but it, I say organized and I, I stay busy, but I still have my downtime. I still have my peace, my quiet, uh, and my stillness. Like I, I think I posted that earlier this week. So it, it's very important. And I still do self care, um, because I'm not able to take care of my family if I don't take care of myself. So my, my Wonder Woman cape is on, but it, it comes off from time to time. And that makes sense. I mean, you are only a human, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm human. I'm human. I, I, <laughs> I want to believe that we can we can all achieve if we just work hard and, you know, have yeah. a little bit of luck. So uh, there is another question here. Wait, I did want to ask. You said you mentioned 5 o'clock in the morning. Are you really running at 5 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you feel safe running at five a.m.? It'd be pitch black, and I'm running. Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. Pitch black outside. I feel. Trust me, I feel very safe. Incredible. I have a fanny pack, and yes. Fanny pack on deck. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Fanny pack on deck, fanny pack on deck or not. <laughs> And people, people have a, people have kind of a love hate relationship with the fanny pack. I think I, have a, I, I like the fanny pack. Yeah. Um, 
but it depends on what I'm wearing. So when I talk about when I wear a fanny, if I wear a fanny pack, the fanny pack isn't very accessible to get to my firearm. So I always have my uh, comfort concealment with my small, I will, I will have like my Ruger uh, 380 on me, um, on my, on my person. So a fanny, anytime I have a fanny pack, I still have something on my person because a fanny pack, like you have to unzip it to get to it real quick. Uh, so I love the fanny pack because it's very convenient, but I also know that you have to be, your, your firearm has to be accessible with it. So don't just get the fanny pack. If you're carrying, don't just get it because it's cute. You have to be able to, uh, easily get to your firearm if you need it. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to do a little bit better job in like the industry per se of building fanny packs that kind of have certain features like oversized zipper, um, and, and like super sturdy zipper so that you don't break it. If you have to rip it open, you know, rip it in, uh, I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing here, but <laughs> I don't know. So I, I think we should do a better job. What you, what you think, Randy, we're going to build a fanny pack. I think we can do that. Something, okay. something like that. Anyways, last question, the freeze seven, uh, sorry, not last question. We got a couple questions there but this last question from instagram what is her scheduled routine to accomplish her goals throughout her day slash quarterly oh so um i do a lot of goal setting and like we just my family just did it and when i say my family my my me my husband my two boys we just did it yesterday for the new year yeah, for the new year. So I do a lot of goal setting and then I do like check-ins. Again, I still do my, uh, I advocate for lists. Think of what you don't, don't try to, you know, eat a whole, but what they say, eat a whole pie at once, whatever the saying is. But I just, I make a list every day of things that I have to get done that day. I prioritize it and whatever is important, I get to it. And if it's not that important it can wait to the next day then it waits to the next day but i do a lot of goal setting as far as what the goal is um a specific date that i want it done not by the day but by that specific month and then what actions am i going to take so it's usually goal time and action what actions am i going to take um to do that so if someone's goal is to lose 10 pounds this year okay when this year what actions are you going to take to do that? Are you going to wake up at a specific time? Are you going to uh, cut alcohol out of your diet? Uh, what, what are you going to do? So it has to be measurable. What, what are you physically going to do and what actions and, and measures are you going to take to reach that goal? So I do a lot of goal setting and, and self-checkings. And I think I talked about it earlier where I can, I can tell, I can literally tell when something is falling by the wayside. And then I have to do a self-awareness check or, okay, you need to reel, reel it in, Keo, because you're not focusing on uh, this board director stuff or you're not fo focusing on um, your your blog, whatever the case may be. So I have to reel it in and do a self-assessment on where is my focus going and how do I balance myself again? Okay. Now, depending on how long you take to answer some of these, we, we might not get through all of them. I'm, I swear I'm not trying to ignore you guys, but... You know, we're on a very tight schedule. Okay, okay, I'll talk quick, all right. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm not telling you to hurry through it. I just want to make sure that people have a good understanding. Those of those of y'all who are live with us, and if you're not live, join us live. For join up us with live. You know, thank y'all for staying up with me. I know it's a little bit different time zone where you are, so I appreciate you for being with us. Um, 
Oh my goodness. Let's see if we can't fit this in such a way. Here we go. Can you see that? DJ Play Nice says, what wisdoms were the greatest you received from family and what are some things that you would like to pass down um, from your own experiences? Oh, uh, so my mom, when, when, when I was younger, my mom always said Keo, the famous one. My mom calls me Keo. Um, Keo, the famous one. She always said that like my whole life, Keo, even though I got in trouble a lot. Keo, the famous one. So my mom is very, very strong. My, my, my parents, uh, my mom and dad uh, have taught me a lot and a lot of my discipline and um, innovation comes comes from them. So I would pass down or I would say advice that I would give to anyone is to find out what you're good at. And that may take several times that may take doing different things to find out what you're good at how are you going to know what you're good at if you don't try different things find out what you're good at and once you find that thing perfect it and make it your own so whether it's a firearm business whether it's going to school whether it's starting your own sneaker business starting a, a tech company whatever the case may be figure out what you want to do try it if it works and if it's something that you really really want to do then then go all in the, the market is already oversaturated. And if it's not oversaturated, it's something that hasn't been, hasn't been invented yet. Who cares if there's 29 sneakers that looks like yours? You're that person selling the sneaker. So not, it doesn't necessarily mean um, the, the product is it, you're selling it. So just believe in yourself and whatever you, you uh, find that you're good at, go all in and just, just believe that you can do it. Make a, make a goal, make a plan and, and just work towards it. Excellent. Thank you so much for answering that. Um, definitely, I think you're probably a little bit more qualified than most to answer that just because you, you've done it. You've done it big. And I think people can see the tangible results. And I, and I wonder if there's personally, I wonder if there's any ventures that you've tried where you didn't see the tangible results and you, you understood where you, you needed to bail. And I, I personally, mm -hmm. sometimes I wonder where that where that limit is for myself. Even in something like this, where it's like, okay, cool, we're we're growing, we're 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 doing something really fun. But at what point do we treat it less like a job and more like a hobby, just because it's you know maybe it's not growing fast enough, or or even on the other side where it's like, okay, yeah, well, I'm gonna continue to treat this like a job because I believe that it will be. I, I wonder where that line is for yourself, where you're like, okay, the firearms thing, you know, it's fun, but it's just a weekend thing, like. It's not going to replace the day job, you know, where, where do you, where, where's your line with that? Uh, so my line with that right now is I know that it is, it is a weekend thing and it is, it's a weekend and a holiday thing. Um, because I am active duty and I, I, I'm a, I'm a soldier 24 seven, but that, that is my primary job Monday through Friday. So it is a weekend thing, but I also know that it can be as big as I want it to be. Um, because of my business and, and how I advertise it and market it and how my schedule is. So if I were to retire, um, then I would build up to making it a an every other day thing or Monday through Friday or whatever the case may be. Um, right now it is, again, just a, I'm not even going to say part-time. It is a, when I schedule people into my 
my schedule kind of thing. But uh, if I wanted it to be full time, then I, I definitely have the, the students and the capabilities to make it full time. Um, but there is a such thing called burnout. Uh, and that's with anything that we do. And we just have to, to be able to recognize that when it happens and, and take a step back. Yeah, that's I feel like that's great advice. Um, cameraman Nate is in the chat. What's up, cameraman Nate? Um, basically, he's, he's asking about uh, you met him um, or at least you saw him. Uh, he's currently working on writing a fantasy sci fi book. Uh, and he's looking for some advice. He's having trouble describing characters without making them seem like some sort of fan fiction. Now, obviously, you wrote a book describing characters. To talking, I don't. I've not read the book to really see how you characterize your characters. But how do you feel like you were able to describe the characters in your book? And how how would you do? You have any advice for something like this? Is this something you could speak to? It's going to take a lot of uh, writing and. And questioning yourself when it comes to building your when when you when we talk about fiction and sci-fi and writing those uh, types of books, you, your mind you can go down one one specific path and then you get all these it's like squirrel kind of thing, but you get all these ideas and you 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 take off into a different area. So I would say be intentional in um, the how you want the the display or the outline of the book to be, and when you're building your characters, just stay in whatever specific uh, description or vision that you have for those specific characters and don't kind of deviate with it. Um, when we talk about cartoons and things on TV and Avatar or Stranger Things and, and sci-fi and all those things, people like those because they're different. So try not to mimic what uh, what is already out there right now because the world loves different. So be as different as possible and, and just be you. And it, it comes with trial and error. And uh, it may take a couple of times to get it right. But guess what? It takes like all these these millionaires and successful people in life. They didn't get it at the first try. So it takes some trial and error and some failures. But just be prepared for that and just have some have some grace with yourself. Dang, have some grace with yourself. I love that. Um, with such a varied and successful life experiences so far, what are some things that you still want to accomplish? And I suppose there's a part two to that question, but what are some things that you still want to accomplish? Ooh, some things I want to accomplish. Um, I would like to purchase more land. So our uh, the one that we, we purchased, I, I invest in real estate. So um, whatever, whatever duty station that we're stationed at, we, we purchase a home there and then we, we rent it out. So we, we purchased maybe five, five homes. So we have purchased five homes, purchased this land. Uh, it was like 14 acres for, for our range, but we're using some of it for the range and the other for gardening and, and for wheels and recreation. But I would like to, to purchase more land. Um, I am from Sumter, South Carolina, so I am a country girl at heart. So that's something that I'm, I'm looking forward to purchasing more land to build more recreational things. Again, I am like, I love living off the grid and just doing camping, things like that, and just being away from everybody. So I would like to uh, not so much like start a recreational uh, organization per se, but just buy more land to just do more things and to show people that being outdoors, you don't, it doesn't have to mean that you're sweating and covered with nets but you can enjoy the outdoor things and just being self-sufficient awesome 
And part two to that question, what passions do you wish you had more time and resources to pursue? Or is that the same answer? Um, ooh, what do I like doing that I do not get enough time to do? Skate, I would say. I've always wanted to be, I, I skate. And I really, really love, love skating. Um, and I've always wanted to do like, you remember the roller, the the roller derby thing where they oh, like yeah. skating round and round. Like I've always wanted to be like a roller like a derby. Like roll bounce. Yes. Wow. So I've always wanted to do that. So I have like a basketball court in my backyard. So I'll get my, my skates on and go do that. But I wish I had more time to do like maybe some, um, competitive skating. Like I, I know one of my soldiers do, does inline skating, but just more time to just skate, maybe ice skating and just, just have more time of that. Just hours and hours and hours of doing it. That is, that is really cool. I, I think that would be fun. I can't skate. Um, <laughs> as much as I do this, I'm, I'm really not as coordinated as you might think I am. Um, well, I, I don't know what, what y'all think I am, but I'm, I'm not. <laughs> It's one of those things where I just, eh, hopefully people never see me skate or ice skate. Ice skating is the worst and I kind of have flat feet. So like, it really is like kind of a painful experience. Um, this um, is the last serious question. Then there's, there's a fun one. Um, okay. And so strap house customs. Are you familiar with strap house customs? Oh, I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> Any advice for someone who, um, is new to the firearms related businesses? Oh, I think I was thinking about this question earlier. So yes, um, I, when I first started my business, I received, I didn't even know how to start, but I received like no mentoring. Nobody like helped me out and gave me the blueprint of how to do it. But my advice to someone who wants to get started in the firearms business, the industry or business training when it comes to that uh, firearms training, is to whatever certifications you get, whether it's NRA, USCCA, receive your certifications and then figure out how to brand and market and advertise yourself, um, your, yourself, your business. Just make it your own after you get your certification. Then figure out your target audience and then consistently Sell yourself with anything new. You have to sell yourself. If you're selling vacuums, you still you still have to sell yourself. Why do I want to buy this vacuum? So, don't tie yourself to whatever organization that you got your certification for. Because I see a lot of people are like, oh yes, I'm, I got a certification from USCCA, and then I'm a USCCA. Um, I work for you. You don't work for USCCA. You have a USCCA certified firearms instructor certification, but you don't technically work for USCCA. So what is your business? I have a NRA and USCCA certification, but I don't work for them. I have One Shot Firearms Academy. That's my organization. That's my LLC, my business. So receive your certification, do as much training as you can for it, advertise, figure out what your your business or your firearms training is, what's going to be called, um, and just continue to learn and market yourself. Like all instructors, when we first started, we had to start from somewhere. What is our business name gonna be? Okay, how do I advertise? How do I get students? Like you have to think of all that, all those things from scratch. But if you continually tie yourself to one specific um, organization, you're gonna be consumed um, 
with the organization that you got your certification from. So make it your own. Thank you for saying that. Now, obviously, you know, you got to make it your own. And I, I've been following some, I guess, business entrepreneurial types and they say different things. And sometimes people are like, yeah, you don't want you, you want to position yourself as this is what I do. And this is what's worked for me. Do you, do you find that that's, do you, do you position yourself as an expert or are you kind of bringing people along in your, in your journey? Would you say? Uh, I would say bring, I, I would say a little bit of both because um, I, I think just my life skills and being in the military gives me that discipline and organization because that's just the kind of person I am that helps me with my business. Um, but I'm just kind of like doing my own thing. I can't give you, hey, this is all the steps that I took to get my business going and then that's going to work for you. You may not necessarily like to do the, the specific things that I did to get my business. You may not like uh, building posters and flyers. Like I love creating flyers and I'm not so much a video person. I'm trying to get into that, but I'm not so much a video person. I'm more of the, the, the education and the teaching and the flyers and posts. I'm that type of person. And that may not work for you. There's a lot of people that just like to do videos and TikToks and that's what worked for them. And it, it's eye catching. I don't know how to do that TikTok. So I, I, I just don't know how to do it. I tried it. It was bad. Uh, so you just have to figure out what works for you. And I'm just going with the flow. I can even tell you what to do, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for you. Everybody has their own style and own way of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for, for, for sharing that really trying to let people know, at least in my opinion, that like, Hey, like we all kind of have a path to doing it and you can't always look at another man's plate and want what he has. Cause even in your life, people can look at it and be like, Oh my gosh, she's awesome. She's this and she's that. And all those things are true, but I, I'm not sure that certain people could have survived some of the adversities that you have. And even you look at somebody like um, Des from Nina De La Flores, firearms instructor slash influencer extraordinaire, taking off like a rocket ship. Like she just passed 100K like three days ago. And not, last I checked, she was at 100 and 109K. You're like, what? 9,000 overnight? Yeah, <laughs> Nina loves them TikToks now. Ah, she killed it. That's why I was like, yes, go ahead, girl. Do all the TikToks for me because I right. don't know how to. Know. Right. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like I, I wish people. You know, she could like come and like help everybody, like put put a few out that you know really are catchy and viral. But the system's not exactly fair, if you if you mm -hmm. if you know how that is. And I'm, that's not saying anything negative about her, but it just doesn't always. She could do the same thing again. And it may not catch the same way, which is mm -hmm. which is just interesting. But last question. She's got to wake up at five a.m. What's her bedtime? Lol. Um, oh, it needs to be soon. <laughs> well, it absolutely is soon because it's time to it's time to cut off. But absolutely, we want to say thank you so much for coming on the show for sticking with us. I know it's, it's, it's kind of late, and thank you to everybody in the live audience who has joined us. We appreciate you guys sticking in, and of course, thank you to everybody on the podcast side. Hop over to the YouTube side and make sure you subscribe. Maybe watch an episode or two. Um, why? Because we're trying to get to a thousand subscribers on this channel specifically so we can be monetized. That's a big deal. So please go ahead and do that if you can. And for those who are trying to figure out, well, how do I, how do I get a hold of uh, this awesome lady who's doing all these things? I'm going to provide some links down in the description section and of course on the show notes. 
And for everybody who is watching or listening, thank you so much for, for joining us. And of course, keep it costly. Thank you.